If you were able to worship with us during Advent, you know that Stefan was preaching a series on the mothers of Jesus. Well, today we're going to look at a story about his honorary grandparents. So I invite you to look at Luke chapter 2. We're going to be reading from 22 through 38. Hear the word of the Lord. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went in to the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon, took Jesus in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, And said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. This is the word of the Lord. What are you waiting for? Some of you are waiting for school to start again, particularly if you have children at home. Some of you may be waiting for more snow. Not all of us, some of us. Some of you may be waiting for your next vacation. Maybe there's something happening in 2023 that you've been waiting for for a long time. Maybe it's a graduation or a wedding or retirement. We mark these special events on our calendar and then we cross them off, cross off the days to get to the big day, the day of the event. It's harder to wait for things that don't have a definite date, like waiting for a baby to be born. 
He did arrive after you did your grading, so well done, baby John. (laughs) Or waiting for healing, as Tina has been doing, and Jerry Coyman is doing, and others of us have been doing. Waiting for reconciliation. Waiting to hear from that job. Waiting to hear from a graduate school. Waiting to hear about the test results. Waiting for something that is a definite date on a calendar isn't so hard. Waiting for something that is going to happen someday, that's a lot harder. Like waiting for Christmas, for most of us, not that hard. And we have ways to make it fun. We've got Elf on the Shelf, and we've got Advent candles, and we've got Advent calendars, and we make the waiting fun. Waiting for Christmas, not super hard. Waiting for Christ, very hard. Very hard. Because we look around at a world that so desperately needs the restoration that only Jesus can bring. Maybe your holiday gatherings involved raised voices about politics or the pandemic or who forgot to bring what. The news photos, the year in review pictures of 2022 remind us of war and hurricanes and famine. COVID is sweeping through China again, which puts every immunologist on guard. We've lost people we love in 22 or 21 or 20 or long ago, and we still grieve them. There are so many things that need to be put right. We have been waiting so long for Jesus to come back. And while we celebrate his first coming, which was amazing, even on this eighth day of Christmas, we still cry out, come Lord Jesus. The world needs you, and it's hard to wait. It's hard to wait. The two people we read about here in Luke 2 knew that pretty well. Here is what's happening in the story at this point. It's been 40 days since Jesus was born, and the law of the Jews said that on the 40th day after a son was born, the mom had to go to the temple and offer a sacrifice for purification. Now, the temple was like a religious mall. It was very busy. There are people everywhere doing their things. There are other young couples who are trying to do the ritual of purification. You got kids who are doing the bar mitzvah. You got people making vows. You got priests making sacrifices. Everyone's trying to get what they need to get and get where they need to be and do it all in the right way. And in the middle of this craziness is this young couple And Mary's never done this rite of purification before. They're anxious. They're trying to figure out what they're supposed to do and where they're supposed to go. And they're tired in the way that parents of new babies are tired. They've walked six miles from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. And now they're in the middle of this crazy crowd. But someone is waiting for them. Someone is waiting for this baby to show up. We can imagine Simeon that morning halfway through a bowl of cereal and suddenly the spirit says to him, go. 
And he drops the spoon and he wipes the milk off his beard and he runs to the temple and he scans the huge crowd to figure out where in this mix of humanity is the couple that he needs to see and the spirit says, there. And he goes and he runs up to them and he takes the baby and he starts praising God and Joseph and Mary understandably are, as Luke says, amazed. Probably other feelings too, but they are amazed. It would be as if we were doing a baptism up here and just as the water came down, the baby's face, Ray Noel from the back would run up and say, this baby's going to change the world. We'd be, we'd be amazed too. That would be one of the many things we'd be feeling. And then Anna shows up. This older woman. I imagine her a little stooped by this point but still keen-eyed, and she's able to snake through the crowd because she too knows something's happening here. And she starts to tell everybody, this baby, this baby, this is part of God's redemption plan. Simeon knows God is up to something right here, right now. And Anna knows God is up to something right here, right now. Now, how did they know this? Well, imagine that someone came to you and they said, at some point, you're going to hear a message and it will be the best news you've ever heard, but it will be in French. I can't tell you when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen and you've got to get ready. Well, what would you do? You'd learn French, right? You'd get all the apps and all the YouTube channels and you would take all the classes and you would learn French. You would move to France to learn. You would become immersed in French so that you wouldn't miss the message. That's what Simeon and Anna did. They shaped their lives around learning the language of God. They didn't want to miss a thing. So they shaped their lives to include study of Scripture and listening to wise people and worshiping with others. They shaped their lives to memorize Scripture, to recognize God. If God showed up in Scripture like that, how is God showing up in our lives now? Luke tells us that Anna didn't leave the temple. She was a church lady. She was always there. She's fasting. She's praying. She's prophesying. She's one of those people that if you went to the temple, you're like, is Anna here? Because I love hanging out with Anna. Simeon was righteous. He was full of the Holy Spirit. He was attentive to God. These two people shaped their lives around listening to God. They didn't want to miss a thing. Maybe you have a friend like this. You just casually mentioned the gift of a parking spot on a rainy morning, and your friend says, looks like God was looking out for you. You're like, okay. Or maybe you talk about the coincidence of running into a dear friend you haven't seen in a while and both of you have time and so you sit and you have coffee and you talk and you renew this friendship and when you're telling this to someone else, he says, sounds like God knew just what you needed. Or maybe you see the sunshine out on a beautiful day 
And because most days in winter are like this, you see the sunshine and you say, oh, that is so beautiful. And your little one looks at you and says, God gave that to you, Mom. Simeon and Anna were those kinds of people. They were always looking for the ways that God interacted in the lives of his people. They assumed that God was always up to something and they wanted to see what it was. So they paid attention in the little things so that when the big things happened, they didn't miss it. They knew what was going on. But on this day that's so overwhelming for Mary and Joseph, in the middle of all this joy and prophecy fulfilled and promises kept, have you ever wondered why Simeon does this whole like, oh hey, um, by the way, a sword's going to pierce your own soul too. I mean, come on. This woman's a month out from giving birth. She slept six miles. She probably has to nurse. She is uncomfortable in every possible way, body, mind, and soul. And now he says, by the way, a sword's going to pierce your soul too. Why on this day when promises are fulfilled does Simeon say this is going to be hard? Because the promises of God only matter when things are hard. When things are easy and life is good, the promises of God kind of float around us. But when we are drowning and desperate, we hang on to those promises with all of our might. Simeon is saying, Marion, you need to cling to everything you know about God. Remember the words of your own song. Hang on to the words that Gabriel spoke to you, the words of the shepherd. Remember them. Remember the stories of Scripture. Remember how God shows up. This is going to be hard, Mary, in ways we don't even know, but God is always up to something. Watch for him. That's how to wait. We wait assuming God is up to something, and we watch for it. In this passage of Scripture, we're given both a testimony and a sermon. Simeon gives the testimony, this is what God has done for me. Anna gives the sermon, this is what God has done for us. And in our seasons of waiting and our seasons of pain, we need both. We need people who can say to us, this is how God showed up when I was in that spot. And we need people who stand and say, this is how God shows up for us. We need both. Life is hard. 2023 will have hard things. It will have good things, it will have beautiful things, and it will have hard things. We won't always be ready with our own testimonies. We can't rely on our own experience of God to build a faith. Your faith is not about how you feel. Our faith is about a God who can be depended on. So you're going to need to hear some testimonies in 2023, and you're going to need to hear some sermons in 2023. We're going to need other people to hold us up, to speak the truth, to remind us that God is always faithful to tell us that God is always up to something, even when it's hard. 
even when we can't see it. Our faith depends on God, an active, working, faithful God who shows up. And to have the eyes to see, to have the ears to understand the language of God, we need prophets and we need preachers to stand up and say, God is good, even when we don't feel it. We need songwriters and worship leaders to help us sing the truth we may struggle to believe. We need artists and poets to capture the grief and the joy, the ache and the hope that exist in the life of faith all at the same time. We need people like Simeon and Anna, like Cameron and Janelle and Stefan and Eric, like each other who help us pay attention to God. How is God inviting you to pay attention to him this year? How can we learn the language of God in 2023? For some of us, maybe it means we're going to memorize a psalm every month. For others of us, before each meal, we can go around and who's ever present at the table can share, what's God up to? Where did you see God today? Maybe before you go to sleep, you just write down three things you're grateful for from that day. Maybe you find an app or a podcast or a book that will help you pay attention to God. Maybe you find a Simeon or an Anna who can be your mentor and help you Look for God. How is God inviting us to arrange our lives so that we don't miss him? Because as we see from this story, and we see in our own world, God is always up to something. Blessed be his holy name. Amen. Amen. you pray with me? Our God, we give you praise and thanks for you are always moving, always working, even when we can't see you or feel you or hear you. We pray that the testimonies of others and the sermons that we hear, the songs that we sing will remind us that you're always at work. You're always up to something. Help us to shape our lives so that we don't miss it. We pray that we are a church that is attentive to what you are up to. We pray for our elders and deacons, our staff members, that they will help us to be attentive to you, that each of them will be called into a deeper attentiveness themselves so that they can lead us well in this next year. And we pray this through Jesus Christ, the word made flesh. Amen.